On this episode of the Nazi Deluge, we venture into the Viking Age Prose Eda. We start in the beginning as we discuss the Norse creation myth. There are many interesting and familiar concepts and ideas as we have this discussion, though much of it is uniquely Norse. Enjoy! How's it going? Hey, it's going good. I um, I am really excited about today. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little question this morning, but yeah, but uh, we're ready for this. So you had that strong drink before we started to get me get wake me up. <laughs> I tried to make a ginger beer. Or is that what you're talking about? The um, but yeah, that's <laughs> it what it was. A failure. <laughs> yeah, it was strong. It was ginger. It was you not, can taste the ginger. No, Brandon's giving it way too much credit. It was no. It was. Anyway, I've I've I failed a couple in a couple of ginger beers attempts, so I'm still buying them. Yeah, what would you say the fail in one in one in a quick phrase? What would what would be what's your suspicion of your failure on the ginger beer? I don't know. It's just oh. not as sweet. Okay, not enough sweet, and also not enough ginger. Man, you gotta have more ginger. But I put. I, I never thought I would say that more ginger. I you know. Yeah, are you more of a Marianne kind of guy? I get, I get, yeah, I get it. <laughs> no, okay. I, I always, I think most people are actually more of a Marianne kind of guy. Yeah, because Ginger's so like Ginger, Ginger Grant from Gilligan's Island. She's so uh, like needy, you know. Yeah, you and want like, somebody who can bake and and is nice and stuff. And who's then, fun? Yeah, Ginger would just like probably dry, make you bankrupt eventually yeah, you'd be like you'd be like fanning palm fronds over over her the yeah. whole day yeah no one wants to do that but anyway i think what's her name uh died re- uh somewhat recently yeah i, I remember Dawn, i remember hearing that remember hearing the news like yeah. a, maybe a year Mary ago Ann. or so well yeah. she'll be missed we'll take a moment of silence for uh marianne yeah it's good classics so anyway, today we're doing uh, the Prose Eda. Yeah, the Prose Eda by Snorri Sturluson. Yeah, the cool, the sweet. Like it, he must be. I bet you he was a dwarf. He, uh, that's the thing is, like the first <laughs> thing you think of is, you know, in like Lord of the Rings when they, or is actually in the Hobbit when they go through the names of all the dwarfs. Yeah, and you get all like the you know, Dory and Nori and. Yeah, yeah. Of course, and that happens several times in this. Yeah, yeah. And but well, it's you can think of Snorri. It's like yeah, he's one of the doors. I can yeah. I picture this little Snorri, like redhead, grumpy, this little red bearded, b- braided beard yeah. guy, with like a leaf in his hair or something. Mm-hmm. You know, a cute button nose. Yeah. Well, depending on the yeah the version, because sometimes they have big old noses. Well, I guess there's a new. <clears throat> I guess there's a new Lord of the Rings that everybody's talking about. Yeah, I've heard about it. Or so I've heard about it. I've seen it. some pictures. And I'm like, oh, that's out. It's a new thing now. Well, you know, anything that's coming out now is like very like everything's controversial. And people are like, this is the worst thing ever. Yeah, come that's, out. That's what, I think that's one reason why I've heard about it. Yeah. Because of the controversy. And it's like, for some reason, YouTube wants me to watch a lot of videos anti this, you know, like all these shows coming out. Like, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's trying to get me. Lead you that direction. Yeah. Because... I guess that's what sells. 
Interesting. You know? So, but uh, yeah, so we're doing the Prozata by Snorri. Yeah, and we, there's other, there's multiple versions of this because this is like something that, this is, this text is like definitely not copyrighted. So there's a lots of, you can go on and you find lots of different versions of the, not versions, but printings of the Prose Ada. Yeah. But Mark found this Penguin Classics one and it's really good for, you know, being a small, like approachable, you know, soft bound book, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it's It's nice and broken up, like. So, you know, you can find different stories, you know, you don't have to look up on the internet to, where was that story? You know, you can find them in here. Yeah. And uh, it's got a lot of good footnotes and stuff and is good trans, seems like good translation. It's really, I mean, regular old English, you know, but we have, because we have like the, the uh, Poetic Ada one and that one's really a good translation. That one's an old one by, what's his name? Bellows. Yeah, I think that was Bellows. Bellows. I think that was Bellows, yeah. Adam Bellows. That one's good, but the version we got is one that they print up the day you get it, you know, and mm-hmm. stuff. And yeah. it's, so it doesn't have... This one, it doesn't have... It's, it can be sometimes hard to find stuff in here. Yeah, it's not like... Because uh, it's not professionally, like, edited. And, yeah. And this doesn't give an... I'm not sure if this one does, but there's no, like, index or glossary or anything. This one doesn't have an index either, but that's not that's, that's not required. But this one, ha- and then the other thing, I guess, now that I'm talking, now that I'm really talking up this, ver- it does have an index, or it's, yeah. a, it's a glossary. But now that I'm talking up this, um, this printing, it also has uh, an appendixes at the end, appendici, yeah, at the end, that are really useful with some charts and stuff. So if you're going to look for a copy, a good copy of the prose edda, um, we both suggest this one. Yeah, I mean, not that we're with our limited with our limited yeah. knowledge. Yeah, I mean, it's just easy to find stuff, and it has a good introduction and stuff that'll help you go. Okay, so anyway, um, well, do you want to do this thing right now, real quick? Yeah, let's get started. I made up a little. I'm drink this water real quick. I made up a. I did make up a. I was just gonna go crazy. What's only? Yeah, better. I know it's only half. But hear all that? Oh, yeah, okay. I so that. I made a tapache. What's that? It's you. You um, should I Google it or you? Can you tell me? It's uh. Wait. Let me. Let oh. me just. Uh, it's you. What you do is you uh, get the skins of pineapple. Yeah. Oh, it sounds good already. Yeah, and uh, you put some uh, unrefined. Sugar, so it's Mexican sugar. I don't remember what it's called, Polencio or something. Um, hmm. And then you put it in water, and then uh, you add cinnamon, like a couple cinnamon sticks and some cloves, and then you just let it sit for a few days. And it not the skins will, will the there's stuff on the skins that will turn it to yeast and naturally yeah. ferment. And then you just strain it, and you got a nice drink. Yeah. So let's see. Have you tried it yet? Oh, you have tried it. Yeah. I, I tried it, yeah. Okay. Really interesting and good. Yeah. I was getting ready to say interesting and that's it. But no, it's actually good. Hmm. I have never... Mark introduces me to new things all the time. So this is like kind of... It's got like uh, probiotics in it and stuff. Yeah. The Natural heart- probiotics. 
you know how many how many pineapples did you have to just use? one just one just, i i just you know we have a thing where it cores it and it pulls out all the meat you have a tool and yeah that? and then oh. and then we just it leaves you with this the skin anyway so then you just chop it up into small you know and then put it in in a we just use a gallon jar yeah and uh i have to get your source on those big glass jars you have Oh, the carboys? Anything. I've seen you have several. You have a you have a three gallon one back there. Yeah, that's the but the but I'm saying you can just get a big old it could be even an old jar of pickles or something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So this is I probably would have I would have pulled it off earlier, I think. Pulled it off earlier. Like, because I was gone. I had had to go out of town, yeah. you know. Also, and, it sat for it sat for longer than you thought. Maybe. Yeah, I, I was probably I probably would have bottled it up at three days, so it would keep more of the sweetness. So I ended up back adding a little more brown some brown sugar to it. To, oh, because it started. Cause it was, yeah, yeah, because it can get vinegary. We're just drinking it the way that the um, Mother Nature intended. Yeah, so it's kind of like a, if you've ever had a kombucha, it's kind of like a. Like a kombucha y taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. I think next time I'm going to add some more cloves because yeah. the cloves you can taste, taste, it's pretty good. It's good. It's like all these different flavors. Like, I'm like tasting the flavor right now. Like, yeah, what if it does have, you're right with that. How much sugar did, I know this is not a, this episode is not on this topic, but how much sugar did you put in? Is, is, uh, like a, it's probably maybe a cup. I'll show. I'll show you. That's cool. Because the thing is, sometimes when I I'll, I've looked into like, like um home, you know, home brewed like kombucha and stuff, and some, I'm always unhappy with how much sugar I'm adding. Like, oh, is that much sugar I really have to add? Yeah, they did. But but the thing is, you, as you as you as you educate me this morning, you're not really drinking all that sugar. Yeah, the yeast is eating it, and yeah. turning it into either alcohol or CO two, and that's why. But it's it's not so much sugar that it's going to be high alcohol or anything anyway well thanks for that <coughs> what, what was the name of this called what did we call this again tapache tapache it's a mexican yeah traditional mexican drink i'll probably i'll probably bug you later on with that name again i'll probably forget it's fine i'll send you a, uh, i'll put a link in the thing if anybody's interested well, thanks for the too. tapache mark <laughs> <laughs> we're like 10 minutes into it anyway it's pretty good though huh mm-hmm. and it does have like that very subtle kombucha e taste yeah so anyway, it's supposed to be good for you. Oh yeah, that's the only reason why we're drinking it is because it's good for you. But yeah. like I said, it was like three like, days probably would have been perfect. It would it was like sweet, like but it still had the started to have that four. You just four days in? No, it was like five or six. <sighs> well, because we started it. Yeah. Anyway, well, good. Thank so. you. I mean, that's just my opinion. That's the bonus topic for today's episode. <laughs> so let's get into this. We're all talking about tapache, a traditional uh, Norse Norse drink. Yeah, <laughs> the pineapple. pineapples. <laughs> it's like that whole that whole uh, thing on uh, the Monty Python's Holy Grail. The whole thing with the coconut. Oh yes, yes. And <laughs> like, how did you get a coconut here? <laughs> it's like a northern, like, <laughs> yeah. It's like it's a northern climate. You could, well, a bird could have carried it anyway. 
So that's how the, that's how the tapache became a Norse drink. A bird grabbed it by the husks. Or by oh, yes. the, Carried it all the way up Yeah. To... It was a big bird. Okay. So anyway, um, well, the Ada, we, we talked about it, I think, a little bit last time. But I'm just going to read a little bit of the introduction so we can. Yeah. Okay. Um, the surprising parts of it, at least for the unlearned. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was surprising. Some of these parts were really surprising. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, they were written in Iceland during the 13th century, which is the 1200s. Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> well, but it makes sense, though, if you go, okay, from zero to 100 is the first century. Yeah. I just don't like it because, like, I've recently listened to something about um, the Corpus Hermeticum, you know, and they, they, you know, there's a big, there's a big, like, discussion about when the texts first arrived. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and the thing is, they keep on saying, like, the earliest uh, second, some people's opinion is the earliest second century CE, which is the, which is, like, in the 100s. Yeah. Right? It's just, like, the, the yeah. Do you want to, do you want a soda, Brandon? Let me finish this real quick. Is that one? Oh, it's the, oh, it's the, oh yeah. Yeah, okay. but look at the bottom. I don't know why, but the goslings, if you have them for a while, they'll they'll bulge out. They must have a lot of carbonation or something. They're they're busting out the seams, That's right. right? Busting it out with the carbonation. Yeah, so this is uh uh Iceland uh 13th century Iceland. Yeah, and uh but their base on the oral tradition that stemmed from the Viking age that is from 800 to 1100. Yeah. And that's always a the thing. They talk, it's always discussion about when something was written, but then you have to consider, especially these older things. Like if it was written in, in this year, it probably was around for a couple hundred years. Yeah. Before that. that it was actually written down. Yeah. yeah. Um, it says, well, that Nor- old Norse was the language spoken throughout Scandinavia during the Viking period. And the two Eddas were written in old As- Icelandic. And unlike a lot of things, it was never put into Latin. It stayed, it stayed in, 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 uh, yeah. old Norse, which is old Norse. because it was in Iceland. Yeah. It wasn't like a, Iceland was from what I can tell, Iceland was isolated. Not, yeah. Somewhat. Ooh. Nice one. So, mm-hmm. More isolated than other places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and it says that they that they were written in the native language and they were meant to be read aloud, and enab- enabling a single manuscript to see- speak to many literate or not literate alike. So, that if you can imagine them being around campfires or something, you know, of course, or in a, uh some kind of meat hall. Yeah. You know, and also the guy's like, I'll tell you a tale. Exactly. Just has the, this has the, this has the content of the, of the story, you know? Yeah. 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 So they're, and they always start kind of like with like a little prologue and stuff. But anyway, but okay. So part of the reason that the, the, it survived, like we were saying, um, was, uh, in its in the original form is because geographical and political circumstances. Yeah, because you know. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
in medieval Iceland. Uh, I'll just read this real quick. This is an immigrant society formed by colonists from many parts of the Viking world, but especially from Norway and from Norse colonies in the British Isles. In a frontier setting on the far north edge of the habitable world, the Icelanders held fast to the cultural memories brought by the early settlers. Okay. But additionally, and this is interesting. Do you want to read this additionally part? Yeah. Additionally, the Icelanders made the transition from their traditional religious beliefs to Christianity in a manner distinctly different from the contemporaneous conversion in the Norwegian mother culture. There, Christian missionary kings forcefully uprooted the belief in the old gods. The Icelanders, rather than shedding blood among themselves as did the Norwegians, peacefully accepted the new religion through a political compromise in the year 1000 at their annual national assembly, the All Thing. See? I love that. That's cool, though. Yeah. That's, isn't that the way Christianity should be should happen? Sure. <laughs> Instead of bloody <clears throat> some bloody battle or whatever. Yeah, they just like let's just do it. Let's just do this more diplomatically. Um, this collective decision sanctioned a gradual transition to the new belief system. The old forms of worship faded within a few decades of the conversion, but the Icelanders continued long afterwards to value stories from the pagan times as a cultural heritage rather than a creed. Yeah. And my guess is because they were in Iceland, it wasn't. It was they were able to do that more. Yeah, know, keep they, their traditions around because yeah. they weren't being like micromanaged as as heavily. Well, and you'll see that there's no like rituals in here. You yeah, know, these exactly. Are, they just preserved the stories. Yeah, exactly. They couldn't keep. They couldn't keep like the magic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or there's no there's the no handbook on how to what offering you give to Odin or whatever, you know, there's nothing like that. They just, they kept the stories cause they just transit, they transitioned over, but they're like, well, that's part of our heritage too. Yeah. We, and we love those stories. So let's not get rid of them. Yeah. And where would the Marvel universe be without, where would everything be? Yeah. So anyway, it's cool. So that's, that's the basic background. That's a good one. That's not much more to say. That's a good background. Thank yeah. you, Mark. You're welcome, actually, but we're going to have to thank the guy that wrote this. Snorri? No, the or, guy that wrote the... Oh, Jesse, the, he's also the translator, Jesse Biok? Biok? Biok. Biok. Yeah. He's a, the tran he's a translator as well, so I thank him for that. Yeah. So, anyway, all right, so on to it. We're going to do... This one's going to be about the creation myth. So now we're going, okay, we're, we're done with the introduction. We're going in the beginning. In but the actually, beginning. and it's funny because there's a prologue, and this is, they don't know exactly when this prologue was put in, or if it was Snorri that did it, or if it was later, because the, I think the oldest copy they have of it was from 1651. The Rages Codex? Yeah, yeah, and uh, and the, and this this other one kind of starts off like in the Bible. Yeah. So somebody had... Because there there had been a lot of learning that came, and all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, we need to kind of update it, you know, at least give it a prologue that makes it more mm -hmm. modern and stuff." So they have a whole thing about you know, kind of almost like a Bible start, and then how how uh, Odin and stuff, you know. Yeah, they start off like this is a, this is like a form of Genesis, but we're going to quickly go into 
uh, where this branch goes off and these stories come from. But so anyway, that's not, so that's not part, probably not part of the original or definitely not part of the original, but we don't know who put that part in. Yeah. I kind of saw it as a, we have these two different traditions. Yeah. Let's take the one that we have to pay, that we have to like, that we all are practicing now and let's fit in this one that we respect from the past. Yeah. So they like here's that we we we're gonna keep Adam and Eve, but we're gonna put Odin after them. Yeah, you know, yeah. rather than before them. Yeah, and then and then we're gonna talk about Troy too. Yeah, which was you a, know they're actually the the inhabitants of Troy and stuff. You know, we're gonna make it seem really modern. I mean, this is in the 1600s. You know, so anyway, so there's this. This king, Gilfi. Yeah, what a good name. What a nice dwarvish sounding name. Yep. And uh, King Gilfi ruled over the lands now called Sweden. And uh, should we tell this story? What? The basically the woman gave no, gave the woman know. a. Uh, that's just no. Okay. <laughs> You lead. Would, you lead then. Okay. Yeah, because that's uh, boring. So King. Okay, let's just start with the second part. The the encounters okay. the chieftains of the Asir. Sure. Read. King Gilf. King Gilf. Gilfi was a wise man skilled in magic. He was amazed that the Asir knew so much that everything went according to their wishes. He wondered whether this was because of their own nature or whether it came from the divine power of the gods they worshipped. He set out on a secret trip to Asgard and changed into the likeness of an old man to disguise himself. And that's the traditional thing that these guys, yeah, like they, the gods do it all the time. Yeah, they change like they into like a, a different, different name. Yeah, <laughs> Exactly. So Gilfi transforms into an old man. Uh, but the Aesir, because they had the gift of prophecy, were wiser in such matters. Before his arrival, they foresaw his coming, and in preparation for him, they conjured up visual illusions. When he entered the fortress, he saw a hall. It was so high that he could scarcely see over it, and golden shields covered its roof like shingles. As Thodorf of Hiven says, Valhalla, Hall of the Slain, was roofed with shields. So he's giving a a reference. Yeah. And so we don't have to read all this part. Yeah. It's not. It just, they they do an illusion because they don't want him to see the, he he got into. Yeah. He he snuck in. place, but they're. they're So there's a double illusion. He makes an illusion. He he sneaks in as an illusion. Yeah. And then they foresee him coming. And so he doesn't actually. So it's like a double illusion. Yeah. So all of a sudden he he's looking around. He's like, "Hey, where's the king?" And blah blah. And and all of a sudden uh, he's pointed to this this hall. And in this hall, oh yeah. And then it hasn't. It's interesting. Um, well, he 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 saw in this hall. He saw three thrones, each one higher than the other, and three men sat in one in each seat. And he asked their names of their ruler. The man guiding him replied that the king was in the lowest of the seat, high seats. He was called high. Next came one called just as high, while the other highest up was called third. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. But it's funny because they're like, 
there's high, but then there's just as high, but he's higher up. And then there's third that's even higher up. Yeah. I'm kind of like, but it's weird that they use three. You know, I don't know. I'm sure there's that. no, I'm sure there's no, uh, that wasn't just a coincidence, but yeah. Uh, well, yeah, there's gotta be some reason, but, uh, and then, uh, I asked uh, the new arrival if there was some more pressing cause for his visit. Um, uh, you know, and then Gilfie replied that he wanted to know first whether there was a wise man in the hall. And then this is an interesting thing. High said to Gilfie that Gilfie would not escape unharmed unless he grew wiser. So it's this weird uh, thing. Like, you're not getting out of here unless you learn something. Yeah, you have, you, we're going to make you learn what yeah. you're here. You're going to become a wise man. Maybe that was what the. So Gilfie's, Gilfie's, uh, his elute, his his fake name in this case is called. He called himself Ganglery. Ganglery. Oh, Ganglery. 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 Client Ganglery. So we call him Gilfie, but up up until now, but now he's now we're going to reference him as Ganglery. So all of a sudden he's like, okay, well I'm going to start asking questions, and they have a little they have a little quote from um. To have them all. Some of the wisdom. Well, I don't know if this is from the Havamal. Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't cite it. Because what's his name? The texts came from all different kinds of places, and some they they're like, oh yeah, this is from the have you know from yeah was in the other. I guess this one says it was, but the one below it doesn't say. So it says, "Stand forth while you inquire. The one who recounts shall sit." And that's what's happening right now. How clever! So so Gilfi or Gangleri. We'll call him Gilfie. Gil. He he starts asking questions. He's like, I came here to find out about the gods and and why it seems to work so well, you know, for the for some people. And so he he asks, who is the highest or the oldest of all the gods? So this is basic. You know, this actually reminds me of a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of uh, question and answer, like. Uh, Apocalypse? Not an apocalypse. Are they apocalypse or what's that called? I can't remember what they're called. It's a standard like, well, the Pomandries is a question answer. Yeah, right. And then Enoch is. Yeah. Where they're do- getting a guided tour and they're like, oh, what's this? You know, yeah. oh, well, this is this. Oh, and then Revelations is the same it thing. It might be. I mean, Apocryphon of John was that way. Oh, Apocryphon was it the Apocryphon of John. Is it Apocryphon? Maybe. I, dang it! Here we are, like not not versed enough to know. I'm gonna look it up real quick now that you want, we, now you want, that we need to know. Want me to re, want me to want me to re, want me to get, yeah, yeah, do yeah. this while you yeah, look yeah. it up? So high replied, or these three these three kings reply. He is called All Father in our language, but in Asgard the old he has twelve names, and then he gives twelve names, and they're basically a lot of the same name: Lord and and Thruster, and Hinningard, lots of names. So, so the, he's Asgard, so he's known, the god is known as, Allfather has 12 names. Yeah. Okay? And, and then Gang Larry asked, where is this god? What is he capable of doing, and what outstanding deeds has he done? And then the, the another one, one of the other guys replies, he yeah. lives through all ages and governs all things in his realm. He decides all matters, great or small. And the other guy. And then in just as high, we made heaven he made heaven, earth, and the skies. And everything in them. Yeah. And then they also say, 
Most important, he created man and gave him a living spirit that will never die, even if the body rots to dust or burns to ashes. All men who are righteous shall live and be with him in that place called Gimli or Vingolf. But evil men go to hell, and from there into Niphel, 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 Niphel hell. Yeah. or Dark Hell, which is below in the ninth world. Ganglary asks, what did he do before heaven and earth were created? And then they respond, back then he was with the frost giants. So it's interesting that they, I mean, just that they're kind of like, well, he's the God of heaven and earth. And and then they say that, that man has a spirit mm-hmm. or a soul kind of. Yeah. A, a living spirit that will never die, even if the body rots and burns. So there's something that the, the Norse people believe that there was uh life beyond you yep. know obviously i mean with the you want to yeah anything you got i got dr pepper or the goslings i'll take a gosling i'll, st- I'll stay on stay in sync so <clears throat> anyway and then he's like well so what did he do even before the heavens and earth were created yeah like, so hey, you get to go even further back mind your own business gilfie oh and apocryphon is like a secret teaching so that kind of works right Kind of. A student asks the teacher, right? But what's an, now? I'm like, what's an apocalypse? That's when you get the vision. That's when. That's when it's with an angel. That's when the, the angel comes down, or like. See, so this could be almost like an apocalypse. Yeah, it is. I don't. I, I think there's a very small difference if there is one. I think apocalypse is something. Technically, it's when a, you have a vision and you have that teacher or that question and question and answerer type of um technique going on yeah well anyway so this is the question and answer technique he's got with god but then god you know because actually they say that these these different names high high just as high and third are all names that for odin too so yeah but he's he's kind of uh cloaked himself in in these three characters and that's probably why like the these the additions of these sayings of the high one are put in here you know mm-hmm. which i think is cool so so that's that's the last thing he says on this question was um so back before he did all that he was with uh the all father was with the frost giants yeah and then uh uh gilfi or ganglary asks what was the beginning or how did things start what was there before? So he goes, okay, well, if he was with the frost giants, then what the heck? You know, so, well, then what was before that? It's kind of like the yeah. basic questions, like, that you, what, you know, you keep, you have to keep on going back and back. And it's a, uh, high answered, as it says in Sybil's prophecy or the, uh, the Vulspa, mm-hmm. which is in the Poetic Eda. Yes. Or recorded in there. Early of ages, when nothing was, there was neither sand nor sea nor cold waves. The earth was not found, nor the sky above. Gununga Gap was there, but grass nowhere. Yeah. So at an earlier stage, right? Mm-hmm. Gununga. I love that Gununga Gap. Yeah. I used to hate the saying that when I first started reading through these. I started. I started. I hate. I couldn't because I'm so. My, I have a weak tongue. 
when it comes to language. Man, weak of tongue. Weak of tongue. Because I'm weak of tongue. Some of these names that are so hard to say. I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm getting tired of having to you know say these things. Mm-hmm. But come on, think about that. Uh, Ganunga Gap. That's a cool word. Yeah. Ganunga Gap. Yeah. If only I, if only I had a fifth child coming. I you don't. Ganunga. Ganunga. Ganunga Gap. And then he can put. What would you can g- put Gap? G- gap. You can name him Gap. Gap. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so that's from the um, the Luspa. Or, yeah. But uh, so Nefelheim, or Je- the next guy says Nefelheim, or the Dark World, was made many ages before the Earth was created, and at its center is a spring called Havvergelmir. Yeah. Or Roaring Kettle. Okay, so from there flow those rivers called Svol. A whole bunch of them. Gunthra, Fjorm, Fumbul, yeah, Fjol, these are awesome. Slid, and Okay, so these rivers come out of here. Okay, yeah. I'm not going to keep I think them. it was, was it 12? Let me see. One, two, three, four. The, more importantly, it's probably the number of them, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, ten. Ten rivers. Well, there, but oh, there's also, also Joel, 11, 12. Yep, there's 12. 12 rivers. Oh, wait, no, 11. Oh, Joel, which is next to Helgrin. That's 12. Okay. Oh, Helgrin so, is the gates of hell. Never mind. So there's 11 rivers. So So anyway, so you, you're you like, okay, so there's first this darkness. Sounds kind of familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Like all creation myths, like from the her- hermetic, uh, the, what was it? Homandries, yeah, yep, or the Bible where yep. there's this darkness, Genesis, and they have things in here too that are you you have before the earth was created at its center is a spring called Roaring Kettle. Okay, yeah, Get, so, I love that. I love that. That's a good point. That's what I'm saying. You can imagine like there's this kind of like whenever you see like pictures from space and stuff. There's like this this movement and stuff yeah you know and all this darkness and and then they say and the these flowing these rivers of of whatever you know of creation you know what's interesting about that roaring kettle analogy or that that that, that, um imagery there is from the pamandries one of my favorite parts of that type of very beginning creation part Mm -hmm. is when there's like this when there's like this like like this commotion happening. Yeah. And then like there's a sound that all three translations that we've looked through describe an inarticulate like well or sound. Right? Like this like this like this collision happening, this like very uh undefinable like uh commotion and turbulence. Yeah. Is that, happening. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm picturing. Like this the very beginning of creation. This you know and you might describe it as a, a kettle, a roaring kettle, you know? Yeah. Like all this stuff going on. And then uh, uh, the next guy says, first, however, there was what there was that world in the southern region called Muspel. Muspel. Yeah. It is bright and hot. That region flames and burns, and it is impassable for foreigners and those that cannot claim it as their native land. Um, so there's, there's kind of these different areas that are, um, I I just think of it kind of like as a reaction, you know, kind of like 
like things are building up into being able to be created. Sure. With the darkness. Yeah, it's like yeah, exactly. I I, I agree with you. And then they well they go into this other thing, but it's not. Yeah. And then they go on to the not number five. Ganunga Gap and the emergence of the Ymir or of Ymir. So Gang 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 Larry asked, So how were things set up before the different families came into being and man mankind increased? Uh, so the high replies, when those rivers, which are called Elivagar, came or storm waves, came so far from their source, the poisonous flow hardened like a sat slag of cinders running from a furnace and became ice. Okay, so you can see the, like all of a sudden they're they're coming out of the, the, the hot the, the hot, hot pot or the roaring kettle. Yeah, and then they're be cooling off, and then and then they're. There's this moose spell coming. It's bright and hot, and there, and then all of a sudden, these rivers are flowing out into the universe, and then yeah, they're cooling off. And so, when this ice began to solidify and no longer ran, poisonous drops spewed out and froze into icy rime. Uh, or hoarfrost. Hoarfrost. Yeah. Then layer by layer, the ice grew within Ganunga Gap. See, so then you're having this creation happen. Yeah. With this, with it from this beginning thing, then the then also the high ones said that part of Ganunga Gap which reached into the northern regions became filled with thick ice and rime. Inside the gap, there was a mist and wind whipped rain, but the southern part of Ganunga Gap grew light because of sparks and glowing embers from the Mushpilsheim. So you have it kind of dividing up into different. Yeah, this is, this is totally like this is this is this is what the, the best part about listening or even reading this is like this was totally like oh this is like every other creation yeah is this being told like in like a in a in a hall in a tavern hall setting you know well but I'm saying they're they're kind of using what they knew of science and stuff and it's actually if you if you think of it like say with the Big Bang or something yeah. like that. It's kind of, it's pretty... Fairly accurate. It's just like, like the, oh, it's this growing thing. It's over time, you know, and things are boiling and, and freezing and heating up and freezing again, you know, and it's, it's, and it's causing different things to be created. So, you know, and also, oh, this, this region kind of becomes like this. And so you're seeing, it's not just like some, like all of a sudden God was like, boink, spark. Oh yeah. Like yeah. Flip, snap the but fingers and then it's done. This one's actually pretty in depth. And that's why I was kind of like, oh, this is a pretty cool creation story. Yeah. I can't wait. Then, we, I can't wait till we get the cow udders. Yeah. Right. Well, the third spoke just as coldness and all things grim came from Niflheim, the regions bordering on moose spell were warm and bright. Oh, did you just read that? And Gununga Gap was a, as mm -hmm. mild as, as a windless sky, so also Ganunga Gap changed from being all like roaring, and it went to become it. It basically was done. Yeah, it became okay, and then all of a sudden it was ready to be inhabited or to start to be inhabited. It, it was a process, and that's the cool thing about. I was like, this, this is, you know, this is actually a pretty decent. This is also science beyond. And it's, that's what you were just saying, actually. So you just now said it. But beyond the um, the creation part of the story, without going into any of this, 
this also is like very like alchemy. Yeah. Right. The uh-huh. whole tr- uh, states transitioning into different forms. Yeah. To become what they eventually yeah, become. Yeah. So. Yeah. So anyway, it says it it thawed and dripped at the point where the icy rime and the warm winds met. There was a quickening in these flowing drops and life sprang up. So life springing out oh of the Oh my gosh, of, life. But I'm saying life springing out of out of this this uh yeah, alchemical mixture or whatever these, you know, like water. The yeah, yeah, taking its force from the power that sent the heat. The likeness of a man appeared and his name was Ymir. And the frost giant called him Oglermir. Argomir. Which is very close to Gargamel, by the way. <laughs> but uh I never they never say why they call him Argomil, not Arga, the fr- Argomir. The, that's how what the frost yeah. giants like to say though. They like that better. And he comes from the clans of the frost he from him come the clans of the frost giants. Do you think that they so call him the that because it's like Argomir? Arg. Arg, he's here. <laughs> Argamir. Yeah, so that's so that's that's the origin of the frost giants. So that was the, they were the first. It seems like they were the first. Yeah. Of a kind of a humanoid. Well, isn't that's kind of like the thing about this is, I was just talking to my kid about this last night in the car, like coincidentally, maybe because I was reading this throughout the week. But um, you're talking to them about frost giants. No, we're talking about my kids are learning in school. They're learning a lot about. Oh, you know what it was last night? Their Jupiter was like really bright. It was next to next to the moon. It was right now. You know, usually when the moon's bright, the yeah. star, the stars and the planets, you can't really see them too much in your yeah, yeah. But it was really bright, and it was next to the moon. So we're driving. Like I went to that concert last night, and I had to go pick up the kids from grandma's house. We're driving home, and we see this bright Jupiter, and we're talking about Jupiter. And then my oldest son started talking about how Jupiter is uh, the Greek Zeus, you know? Yeah. And then we started going to all the planets, and then we got to Uranus. <laughs> Mark started laughing. Since he can't see us, Mark started laughing. <laughs> and we got to Uranus. I'm like, well, who? Oh, we got to, um, we got to, not before we got to Uranus, we got to um, Mars. Saturn. Saturn, yeah. And so, like, oh, Cronus. And then, and then I started talking about, like, oh, yeah, so uh, Saturn and Uranus, which are which is which is Uranus and Cronus, right? Those are actually, they, before the gods, there was Titans. Oh, I forgot about that. And that's what these yeah. frost giants are. And so I, I, I started thinking about that, like, hey, it's the same thing with, like, the Norse. Like, they had giants before they yeah. the gods came or the Azir. Okay. Well, and uh, one, oh, just just a uh, quick side uh, for whenever they say giants, I don't know why some people don't. They call there another guy, the guy that I was listening to a lecture. He he could just call them anti gods because they're the same. They're not they're not different from the gods, you know. Exactly, they're the same, but they're just rivals. And the same thing in the uh, the same thing in the uh, Hebrew. The ancient Hebrew tradition. In fact, they even use a name that's a lot like Nephilim, the the Nephal, the, oh, yeah, Nephil, the, the Nephilim, and they're they're those are the ones we call the giants, yeah, or the fallen fallen angels, yeah. And so they're kind of and fallen angels is another way of saying anti god too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it's all it's kind of interesting how there's a lot of likeness. Yeah. It's almost it's like that they you know everything kind of came from one religion at some point you know i mean and that's obviously a 
That's your opinion, Mark. Come on. Well, <laughs> no, it's no. true. I'm just saying it can't be a total coincidence that they all, yeah, that there's all these similarities. Or maybe maybe that's just you know kind of the blueprint of it, way, the way the human mind rationalizes things too. Sure, that's I a good point. No, I, I agree with that. So that's where the the giants come from. Niffel, they're Niffelheim. Yeah, and the first of them was named Ymir. That's what that. And it's interesting because okay, we're going to get to it, but speaking of Kronos and yeah, you know they're they end up killing him. Yeah. And that's what okay so anyway then the then ganglary asks how did the families grow from that point or how did it come about that others came into being and do you believe that the one whom you were just talking about is god wait okay so do you believe that ymir like okay well he was the first one so do you yeah. think he's god and then you read the and so the high answered in no way do we accept him as a god he was evil, as were all his descendants. We call them frost giants. It is said that the, it is said that as he slept, he took to sweating. <laughs> I, I love, I love this. This is the best bird. Like what? Yeah. Well, so some some of these some of, like even the Greeks, some of the Greek stories are like, what the heck? Okay, but yeah. actually, I might have. Okay, so he got he got he was sleeping and he was sweating, and then from under his left arm, let's just say armpit, but his arm grew a male and a female. Yeah. While one of his legs got a son with, with the, the other. other. <laughs> his legs are rubbing together and they make a baby. Yeah. From here came the clans that are we are called the Frost Giants. The old Frost Giant, we call him Ymir. So it kind of like re rehashed what we just read, but he explained where the giants came from. Yeah. Yeah. But well, it was just weird but it's the weirdest way to have cuz like but I was thinking, it, okay. If did you ever read the book, the um, oh, what is it? The one by now I can't now I just totally drew a blank. It was about the Babylonian. What's the guy's name? Gosh dang it, Mark. He, dang. Brandon, help me out here. I have no idea. It was about the creation story and stuff, but he used it as the planets. Zachariah Sitchin's. Oh, yeah, like the 12th planet? Yeah. No, Anne read it. I never read, oh, it. I you never read, read it. it. She well, loves saying, it, by the way. But but he he took, he actually took the the old Babylonian or the Sumerian texts, yeah. and, and, and he was talking about how and I think that this there's also similarity here. Oh, these are very similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. Where out of out of, but so maybe he was this giant planet. And, sure. And think you know, or or and things came out of him. You know, he was kind of a a, a source of like a gas giant or something. You know. I, anyway, it was an interesting idea, and I was like, oh, maybe that's what they're. I mean, because maybe these are, are, you know, uh, they put their, they're obviously amorph. Uh, what's that where you put human? Uh, I know what you're trying to say, but I can't think of it. God. Yeah, we have plenty of stupors of thought when we're doing this. Yeah, we? where, where, anyway, you, you put kind of, uh, 
a human thing onto a non-human, whatever that is. Yeah. But so they're and this, the so they can tell the story, but you know, well the same thing that we see. This is how this is this is traditional that we see. This, it, it sounds really weird, but we see these kind of things happening all over the place. Even in the even in the very even with Adam and Eve, Eve came from a rib. Oh yeah, like it's like weird. Like I didn't think about that. Yeah, it's like weird how like like that's they, almost like an armpit. Yeah, it's not much it's different. Like you're right there. Yeah, it's not how much. It's not much different. Like it's like it's weird how they put together these origins, with like, and maybe it's just the yeah. te- retelling and telling and telling and you sure. know. So all of a sudden, you make it simpler and simpler. Anyway, so it's just interesting. I was like, well, maybe maybe he was a bigger thing or more than just a giant or something. There's more to the whole idea of what he was because, um. So anyway, so they're like, no, he's not God. And then, uh, well, did you read this? Uh, here is the giant. Yeah. Did you read this part? Oh, this, this description is actually better than the sweat. Okay. Description. It says, this is from a, a text or it's probably in the, it's probably in the uh, poetic edda, the lay of fath denier, but it Ooh, says, good, good job, uh, pronouncing yeah, that. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. No, how. You, that sounded good to me. From where? Argomir first came, the wise giant among sons of giants. When poison from Elevagar splashed out in drops, it grew until forming a giant. From there, all our clans have come. Therefore, they are all so cruel. So I like that. So like splashed out in drops kind of fits more with the Zachariah Stitchin idea of like a like a gaseous giant and like spills out a little yeah, bit yeah. and more things come out of it. Yeah. So. And obviously what we're saying isn't this is just our No sure. We're just giving silly, it, our speculation, yeah. you know, but I was just like you know, but you you hear so much anyway, it's just it it kind of it does make some sense. And then so uh so it said uh Ganglary asked, Hey, where did Ymir live and what did he live on? So, and this is, and this, uh, next oh. it happened that as the icy rind dripped, the cow called Adhumla, Adhumla was formed. Four rivers of milk ran from her udders and she nourished Ymir. And I was like, why the heck do they have a cow in its udders? And I was like, oh, the Milky Way. Yeah. Four rivers of milk. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so... Th- so that 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 might be another reason why I was like, that's why they're talking about, they're talking about, the astrology mm-hmm. and how it was formed. So there's this, you know, that that out of out of whatever's in the, whatever energy and stuff in the Milky Way and stuff. That's how, what's his name thrived. Yeah, makes sense to me. Then Ganglary asked, yeah. on what did the cow feed? Like, what did, what did the cow eat? What did the cow yeah. eat then? I'm sure at this point, uh, uh, Odin's like, oh, gosh. Um, the high replied, she kicks the, she licked the blocks of ice, which were salty. And as she appeared, or no, okay. as she licked the stones of icy rime the first day, the hair of a man appeared in the blocks towards the evening. On the second day, a man's head, and on the third day, the whole man. 
So she she must have got really hungry the third day because I went from hair to head and then <laughs> she's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> like one, two. It's like that Tootsie Roll pop. Yeah, how many licks? Of the and then he's like <laughs> three. It was three licks too, right? <laughs> Probably. She licked the, the owl. The hair appeared. Yeah. In the second. The head appeared, and on the third, the whole man. So what she did bite it. Yeah, it's like anybody that cow, can't. That, cow. Yeah. <laughs> that was a nice salty lick, man. Isn't that an interesting thing though? Like, okay, there's the there's things on your head called cowlicks. You know that that yeah. your hair will yeah like the, the way. But that I think that's why they call it that because it makes your hair look like a cow licked it. Interesting. I never realized that. I don't know if that's true oh, or okay, not. Okay. But but so, it it's, it seems like maybe that's why they're called that. It's funny. <laughs> so okay. oh, so this guy this this man that appeared his he was called Burry, uh huh, and he was a and he was beautiful, big and strong, <laughs> and he had a son called Bor, who took as his wife the woman called Bestla. She was a daughter of Bolthorn the giant, and they had three sons. One was called Odin, another Vili, and the third V. See, so, so, uh, so this cow is Ymir's feeding off the milk. Yeah, uh, these four, uh, these rivers, and then the cows out there kind of licking the the matter or whatever, and yeah. uh, and then it forms this man, and that's and then and uh, named Bo or. Burry, and then he yeah. has a son named Bor, and then they end up. Mar- uh, somebody marries a giant, and that's where Odin, Vili, and V come from. So they're actually mix of giants and whatever they are. The yeah, reg- yeah. regular men, or yeah. I guess, or gods. They're so- a mixture of anti gods and gods. Yeah. So that that's uh, so that's the um, that's where Odin, Vili, and V come from. You know what the interesting thing is that you never really hear much about Vili and V after this. And I'm like, what the heck happened? Because they were, they were like, okay. Anyway, I bet um, Bor um, ate them. Bor ate him, but didn't. What's his? I think what's. His, okay. I'm just, I'm just joking. Oh, okay. I was like, didn't uh, Zeus get out of? Yeah. And he got yeah. freed his the other ones too, right? Oh, maybe perhaps. Like, I think yeah. they they anyway. Uh, we know that is his name, and so. Okay, so then all of a sudden, so Gang Larry asked, so how? Oh, this is interesting. Yeah. So how did they get on together? Who among them was the most powerful? Um, so the sons of oh, yeah. Bor killed the giant Ymir. See, they're saying that the somehow something happened. Yeah, and when he fell, so much blood gushed from his wounds that with it they drowned all the race of the frost giants except for one, who escaped with that. Will keep going with his household. Keep going. The giants call that one Burglemir. He, together with his wife, climbed up on to his wooden box, and there they kept themselves safe. I love this part of the story. Yeah. From them came the races of the frost giants. Okay, we don't have to read. Said here. Or you can read that now. 
countless winters before the earth was created, back when Bergamir was born. That is the first I remember when the wise giant was placed on the box. So, so okay, he, there's a flood story. Basically, there's a flood, and one guy and his family survive. One giant and yeah. his family survive. Yeah. The deluge. Yeah. Of blood. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I was like, wait, there's a flood story in here, but it's oh, like it's, a totally different yeah. one because all of a sudden it's like one of these one of these giants survives. It's way different than Noah. Yeah, you well, know? Noah was one of Noah was a pre-delusion, anti-delusion, right? Yeah. So, I wonder if he was. What if they were all giants before, and then they, everybody shrunk after that? Because everybody was, uh, they were living for a long time, and after the flood, the lifespan and stuff. I just think I think that they were never actually. I think that this giant just means mighty ones, you know, but like, you know. But I'm saying you got like giant sloths. Sure. Oh yeah, you've like got yeah, the you got giant the, bear, those giant. Uh, you're right. Saber tooth cats. You've got the, the, the giant bison, the woolly mammoths that were huge. Yeah, and they like, were, there was they like all, these giant. They creatures. all went extinct at the same time. Yeah, like twelve thousand years ago. Yeah. Or was it twelve thousand? Yeah, it was. No, it was. Um, yeah, tw- on twelve thousand years ago. And it's like, well, maybe there was giant people. <laughs> Yeah, I know this, right. is, this sounds was, silly, but if there I'm was saying, giant like horses and stuff, and these mega these megalithic megalithic um, North American at least like, yeah. uh, creatures, they were all these huge creatures, and then they all they all they all went extinct at the same time. And so, yeah, you're right. Maybe, Maybe a race a, of men was wiped out too. I don't know. I mean, that that's obviously there was the Ice Age, and they were called. Yeah, frost giants. Yeah. Oh, frost. Maybe. What the? Brandon. <laughs> anyway, we're just <laughs> we're being speculating. But I, no, that's why I like this because it's like, it's a little, it's a, it's pretty cool. I mean, there's a lot of information here and, you know, we're just speculating on stuff. But uh, so they, he says, okay, so that all of a sudden you find out that uh, uh, Odin and his brother Vili and V. They all got together and they killed Ymir. Ymir, and it is he was so big that that it caused this flood of blood. And the, but then there was a guy that one of the frost, one of the giants in his family that climbed up on a box, yeah, or a ship. Wait, they got a little a wooden, note for the wooden box. Let me arc. look. Yeah, like an ark, and they were able to survive the flood. The footnote for that is um, wooden box. The word luar has several meanings. I translate luar as wooden box, but the word also means a stand for holding a hand meal. Um, the box could function as a vessel. It is also somewhat like a coffin, and the word usage of the word in these lines carries an imagery both of a boat and of death. Interesting. You know, it's interesting too is the uh, what's his name, Osiris, is put into a wooden box. Yeah. And what is it that who puts him the? Oh, I can't remember the story. The whole story. Yeah, it set. set puts him in a box, and then he's like shipped to like different parts of the world. Yeah. 
It might even be eight different pieces of him. I, mean, I can't remember. Yeah, and thrown all over so they can't be fully put back together. Yeah. Anyway. But, uh... Okay, so... So now we have Ymir's body. So then, uh, hey, what did Bor's sons do next if you believe they're gods? He asks. And the high one said, It is no small matter to be told. They took Ymir and they moved him into the middle of Ganunga Gap and made from him the world. From his blood they made the sea and the lakes. The mm-hmm. earth was fashioned from the flesh and mountain cliffs from the bones. They made stones and gravel from the teeth and the molars and those bones were all that were all broken. Then the Justice High said, With the blood that gushed freely from the wounds, they made the sea. And by fashioning that sea around, they belted and fastened the earth. Most men would think it impossible to cross over this water. That's okay. right. I do. I don't, I don't know how to do that, Malone. Right. Then the third added, They also took his skull, and from it made the sky. They raised it over the earth, and under each of the four corners, they placed a dwarf. I like this. Yeah. The, the cardinal what directions. The, the dwarf's names are. East, west, north, and south. Then they took the embers and sparks shooting out from Mushpelheim and flying, flying, and flying randomly. These they placed in the heaven, oh wait, in the middle of the Ganung sky, both above and below, to light up heaven and earth. They fixed places for all these burning elements. Some were placed up in the heavens, whereas for others, which had moved about under the heavens, they found places and established their courses. It is said in the old sources that from then on, times of day were differentiated, and the course of the years was set. So it is said in the um, the Sibyl prophecy, which is the Volus song, right? Yeah, yeah. It's interesting how it mentioned. I don't. I never caught that when I got when I went through this the first time. What that the 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 differentiation time and the days were set in course. Yeah. Well, I I thought because whenever I first read this about the them using Ymir to create the earth. I was kind of like, like, cause you just picture all the parts they're talking about. Like, you know, they're anthropomorphizing. Mm-hmm. There's the word you're looking for. Yeah. It's the word They're They're like from the flesh. Uh, the earth was fast from the flesh, the mountains, cliffs from the bones. And you're like imagining and like, I don't see any bones or, you yeah. know, flesh. And it's like, well, but if, if it, Maybe, I mean, if it's in the speculation of another planet or something that was destroyed by these three forces, you know, or whatever, like, what? I won't, I'll talk about later. But uh, if it was something like that, then it would make sense that, okay, out of the body of that planet, the destruction of it was able to be formed into a new planet and fashioned, you know? I was reading something a few months ago by Rudolf Steiner, uh-huh. and I thought this was pretty interesting, but I didn't know what he was, where he was going with this. He actually suggested that Earth is parts is created by a collision and is parts of Saturn. Well, yeah, that's I've heard the different speculation that that's what you if you read that Zachariah Sitchin thing, he goes into the, okay kind of some of that stuff. And Saturn is Cronus. Right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's really interesting. 
And Saturn also has the icy rings. Ooh. You know? Frost? Yeah. Well, yeah, it has, it mentions all, it mentions the ice and the, and the, you know, so it, Saturn has the icy rings. That's insane. There's like, I mean, there might be something to it. I mean, it's like I said, it's just. I'm sold. I'm convinced already. I'm, let's we, go. Let's we, go. We, we figure these guys Should out. Should we just end this podcast episode now? Because no, I think it, I'm done. It's all about, it's all, the gods are just <laughs> planets, dude. But that makes sense too, that they would name the planets after gods, to, you know, because maybe they, they were. Maybe yeah. they actually, it wasn't just, you know, oh, we're going to name it after them. It was like, no, that's what we were talking about the whole time. Yeah, what fools, that's why what story, fools would be to find. Oh, look, there's the book right there, it's right the 12th planet. You. You're like, Who's, what's that guy's what's name? What's that guy's name? And I'm all like, Zachariah Sitchin. Anyway, that book, just to let you know, if uh, you're listening, the books by Zachariah Sitchin is interesting. Some of it, I mean, it's all speculation, but some of it, you're kind of like, well, why would they use rocket ships like we have now? Why would they have? Anyway, hmm. so it's not perfect, perfect yeah. idea. Interesting. But it's a good one. It's a good book if you're interested in kind of like a different view on myth. Did you read the? Did you read the um, the uh, next one? Or, uh-uh. Okay. Did Anne? I don't know if she did. I thought I only asked that because it, it says book one of the Earth Chronicles. Yeah, I think I think that I had read looked at reviews of, and it's just basically kind of like ah, the gets, same thing gets worse and worse. Well, it's just the same thing. Yeah, with maybe a little more information. I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I've just read the one. I can't say. And he, you know. But anyway, so okay, so you have, um, so uh, King Larry. This was before the Earth was created. Third added. Oh, with the stars. Oh, I hear of great happenings. It was wondrous work and skillfully done. But how was the Earth set in order? So the high one says. It is circular around the edge, and surrounding it lies the deep ocean. On these ocean coasts, the sons of Bor gave land to the clans of the giants to live on. But further inland, they built a fortress wall around the world to protect against the hostility of the giants. As material for the wall, they used the eyelashes of the great Ymir and called this stronghold Midgard. See, I think I'm like... Because they're always talking about the hostility of the giants. And I'm like, well, what if that's like the atmosphere and blah, you know. Good. Okay. And I'm yeah. like, okay. And the gods are out there kind of protecting the the whole earth from, you know, because sure. this is, we're at, we're at Middle Earth. We're, yeah. you know, whatever. We're, so mm-hmm. it's all, all this stuff's and from these outer forces that are trying to get in constantly. I don't know. Yeah. They took his brain. Threw it, threw it up in the air, and then and from from it, from it they made it the clouds. Yeah, that makes sense. I I was actually like those listening. Are brains up there, dude. I was actually listening to this as I was driving over here, and I I listened to that part. Looked up at the clouds. I'm like, yeah, I can see that. Oh yeah, because they are fluff, like kind of brain, yeah, like yeah. So again, let's. I'm gonna read the lay of Grimnir. Okay. From Ymir's flesh was created. Was the earth created from the bloody sweat, the sea, cliffs from bones, trees from hair, and from the head, the heavens, and from his eyelashes, the gentle gods made Midgard for the sons of men, and from his brains, all the oppressive clouds were formed. 
so. What? I'm just counting the different layers. Oh, okay. Got earth. So I got the sea. Oh, the earth, the sea, bones, hair, heavens, or the the head, right? Uh huh. Then the eyelashes and, and the brains. The brains. So seven, seven. Seven layers. Seven layers, dude. Seven layer dip. Ooh, sounds good. Yeah. So anyway, um, so somehow the earth was created out of Ymir, out yeah. of this, and that was that's the earth we live on now. I Ymir, like the description. The was it's like, the look, first it is a flat earth. Right here. It's circular around the edge. I don't know. Whenever it's like it's circular around the edge, it means round, right? Yeah, it doesn't. I don't know, like. They just had, they had their idea of what the earth was, you know? Yeah. But it's hard to tell whenever you're standing on it. Oh, well, it's definitely flat. Standing on it, at yeah. least. Yeah. Except for where the mountains are. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so and so now you have a world created, and guess what happens? So just like, just like in the Bible... You know, one where the heavens and the earth are created, the stars are set in the heaven, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the different stages happen of creation. And then all of a sudden, now it's time for men to inhabit it. So, of course, Gang Larry's getting to that point, and that's what he says. It seems to me that they accomplished great things when the earth and the sky were made, the sun and the moon set in their places, and the days divided. But the people who inhabit the world, where do they come from? And then uh, Hai says, The sons of Bor were once walking along the seashore and found two trees. They lifted the logs and from them created people. The first son gave them breath. So that's Odin. He's the first son. The second, or breath and life. Okay. The second, intelligence and movement. The third, form, speech, hearing, and sight. So... Yeah, it's it's maybe that's why you know Odin's kind of the one because he's the one that breathes the breath of life. It says he gave him breath sure. and life. Good point. Breathe into yeah. him, but all the the three brothers, you know, they all had a part to to give intelligence and movement. The, Trini- speech, the trinity of brothers, the trinity, the yeah. three gods. Yeah, it's interesting that there's the three guys sitting here talking to him. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just, I mean, I don't know what that means. I don't know, you know, because obviously, you know, whenever you think of Trinity, usually you think of Christianity, but. Sure. You get the Hindu Trinity too, you know, Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva, whatever, you know, so it's somewhat like, there's a. You get the Star Wars trilogy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. The Star Wars Trinity. I didn't I don't know why I didn't think of that one first. No. <laughs> <laughs> Although they kept they kept making them, so I guess it's not a trilogy anymore. No. Uh they bore sons, gave them clothing and names. The man was called Ask or Ash Tree, and the woman Embla Elm or Vine. So they're made out of two different tree you know there's yeah. a- ash 
They should have just named him Ash. Yeah, it's a cool name. And she should have been Embla, but she was from an elm. And from them came mankind, and they were given a home behind Midgard's walls. That's what I'm saying. In this protective, on this protected yeah, planet point. where oh. you're safe from the the forces of the giants on the outside. And this is kind of like this kind of reminds reminds me more of the uh, the Sumerian when they have like remember they had like this like they had like these they had this great. Uh, fortress and then they had like the humans came around and the humans were the ones in the garden but they were still like part of it yeah you know yeah the gods yeah they end up building a, their own little place um yes because it says high says next they made a stronghold for themselves in the middle of the world this is the you know mm-hmm. and it's called asgard we and call then, it troy see so they wanted to make it we call it troy like Mm-hmm. You know, we're sophisticated. Yeah. We know the current popular yeah. myths, you know. So that's somebody putting that in there. Interesting. The okay. Troy part, because that wasn't. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. So there the gods lived together with their kinsmen. And as a result, many events and happenings took place both on the earth and in the sky. One place there is called. Well, yeah. Hilds. Hills Kajalf. Hills Kajalf. Yeah. Jeez. Hills Kajalf. Yep. Watchtower. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I like this place, though. Hills Kajalf. Oh, yeah. This is, this is where Odin. Um... See, so this is how he gets part of his power. Yeah. So when Odin sat in that high seat, he could see through all worlds and into all men's doings. Moreover, he understood everything he saw. His wife was called Frigg. Uh, Jorgen's daughter uh-huh. and from this family has come the kindred we call the family of the Azir. Yeah. They lived in old Asgard and the realms that belong to it. Each member of this family is divine. For these reasons he can be referred to as the All Father since he is the father of all the gods and men and all and of everything that has been accomplished by his power. Yeah. So he created the heavens and the earth and man so he's the all father okay makes yeah, even sense even if and by creating it i means killing him and his brothers kill ymir yeah but uh yeah the, and that's a form of creation i guess yeah and well then they place all the stuff in the heavens and yeah. kind of organize i'm saying what he took it and he organized it sure exactly that's definitely works as creation um and uh and then you know, of course, there's there's Thor and, but anyway, so, and then there's a whole thing about night and day, which isn't that big of a deal. It just kind of like, yeah, basically the story at this point is talking about the waxing waning of this of the moon and this and the how there's tells how chariot the sun and the moon are pulled by chariots yeah, and stuff. Yeah, just real. I mean, we I guess we can kind of how does the the how does he steer the course of the sun and the moon? And it says there was a man named Mundil, Mundil Fari who had two children. They were so fair and beautiful that he called one moon and the uh, other da- other a daughter he called sun, marrying her to the man named Glenn. But the gods were angered by his arrogance for some reason. 
And they took the brother and sister and placed them up in the heavens for some reason because they're so beautiful. Yeah. And uh, they were made sun. Or there they made the sun drive the horses that drew the chariot of the sun, which the gods, in order to illuminate the worlds, had created from burning embers flying from Mushbel. The horse. Okay, so there's their horses are Arvark and Alsvin. In order to cool them, the gods placed oh two. Okay, so anyway, so they're basically these these two kids. You know, they're so beautiful. They're they were put up in the heavens and they're pulling chariots across the sky. Yeah. And I, but to go to the next thing with the uh, the wolves. Oh yeah, and the wolves chasing them. Yeah. <laughs> So then Gang Larry asked, the sun moves quickly and it is almost as though she fears nothing. Something. She, something. Almost, almost as if she fears something. She cannot go faster on her journey even if she were afraid of her own death. So then the high one answers, it is not surprising that she moves with such speed. The one chasing her comes close and there is no escape for her except to run. Who's chasing her? Yeah. The high one says, there are two wolves. And the one who is chasing her is called Skull. He frightens her, and he eventually will catch her. The other is called Hatsy Rodvinson. He okay. runs in front of her trying to catch the moon, and this will happen. Then King Larry asks, well, wh- of what family are the wolves? Because these are not normal wolves, right? And, and King Larry, is a, he's concerned about everybody's family, it seems like. And so... The high one replies... Well, he's just saying, where the heck do these even come from? Yeah. And Ogris lives in the east of Midgard in the forest called Yarnvid, uh, or the Iron Wood. The troll women, who are called the Yarnvidur, the Iron Wood dwellers, live in that forest. The old Ogris bore many giant sons, all in the likeness of wolves, and it is from here that these wolves come. That's, oh, that's where I was saying that kind of or the idea that that the the giants are causing things to happen outside in the heavens you know because yeah. you got this wolf constantly chasing you know yeah two wolves yeah. okay so you got the one chasing the girl and then you got one that's right in front of her chasing the sun yeah like he should just turn around and get her they could both attack her but eventually they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna end up winning or catching them so I listen. I have a um, I have some like uh, Norse music that I listen to. Like uh-huh. for like, uh, it's like a, it's like like it's not like words and stuff. It's just kind of like background music. And one of the ones I really like, it's called Saul. I think. Look at the look at the album cover. You can see that there's Futhark on it, but look at the album cover. Oh yeah, he's like ready to swallow. The- yeah. Is that is that the sun or the moon or is that an eclipse? I don't know. Just I just I've cool. noticed that before, and I'm like, and then I, I was oh look at the second the name of the second song. Ganunga Gap. Ganunga Gap. Ganunga Gap. Uh, Interesting. Is, like, is it is it like hard rock or is it a, is it metal or what? Um, it's kind of like a background like uh, um, it's it's acoustic. Oh okay. But it's just like it's just like peaceful music. Come on, Brand, listen to some metal. Yeah, I do that. I do enough of that. Do you want some? Uh, yeah. What do you want? Uh, what? Just choose. That works. You sure? Thank you. Yes. Okay. 
I'm all like, so anyway, oh, you got sure. these wolves chasing. Sure, I'll take this. But they're making stuff happen too. Yeah, they're it's it's kind of like yin and yang. Sure, I get that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, because like the wolf's chasing her, but but it's making her move. You know, she's going as fast as she can to keep away. Well, and that's the thing is all this story, everything's re- has a reason. There's not just like some, you know, they didn't kill. Killing Ymir, Ymir didn't like because they were just like wanted to kill kill Ymir. They created like the, the earth. Yeah, know? there was something behind it. So anyway, the and it says that one day that the wolf is going to catch it. Yeah. And that's, there's like the end in the beginning. The you know there's the 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 end of the world, even when you're talking about the creation of the world. That's crazy. I I I, I remember thinking about that, and it's like it's interesting. And I mean, of course, there's no story for when it catches it, right? Is there? there? Is. Yeah. I didn't get to that part then. Well, there's the Ragnarok. Oh, Ragnarok. Yeah. Oh, but that's that's more about the other the other wolf, right? Or do they mention? Well, no. They 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 do mention that the. Oh, I can't wait for Ragnarok. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, and it, okay. So, uh, so that's, Glary, that's oh, that. Yeah. That, yeah that's, those, that. The, that's the wolves chasing the moon and the star moon and the sun, uh, moon dog and sun dog. Right. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, now they're going to talk about Bifrost again. Glary asks, what is the path from earth to the sky? I love it. That snickering. Yes. The high one is snickering. Then snickering. He's all, <laughs> yeah. Like what? You your question shows little knowledge. This is like totally like a Hermes answer, right? Yeah. It's like why tat, would you even? We should have just read. Tat asked, "What path is the?" Fr- <laughs> little Tat says, "What is the path from the Earth to the sky?" And Hermes says, <laughs> "Your you. question shows little knowledge." <laughs> He's, so like, funny. he's like, haven't you heard that the God built a bridge from the earth to the sky and is called Bifrost? You will have seen it and possibly you call it the rainbow. You might you might call it the rainbow. I do call it the rainbow. It has three colors and great strength, and it is made with more skill and knowledge than in than other constructions. Yeah, it's a pr- Yeah. Sturdy though it is, it will break when the sons of Moosepel ride over it. A hint to win Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Then they should have made that uh, rainbow made out of the same material that the chains made out of. Of course, that that was those broke. They break eventually too. Then their horses will swim across great rivers, and so they will advance. Uh, King Larry says, "Since when? Since they can do whatever they wish, it seems to me that the gods do not build the bridge reliably." Yeah, he's like, break. wait, what the heck? They're gonna, it's gonna break. It's like, so it's not like it's not like a in in pen, it, whatever. It's not like a whatever. It will break. It's breakable. And then the high says, "The gods deserve no blame for the construction. Bifrost is a sound bridge. It's a good one. But nothing in this world can be trusted when the sons of Moosebell attack." Yeah, it's not about it's not about Bifrost. It's about Moosebell. The sun yeah. yeah, but it's not just not just anybody can get on there. Yeah, that's right. And then there's the whole thing about dwarfs. We'll skip that. Boring. So, so anyway, <laughs> well, no, it's just yeah. It's, if you want to read a bunch of Lord of the Ring names being said in repetition, then read that section. 
Yeah. And then they talk about this Ash Yggdrasil. Oh, yes. And the Norns and the Three Wells. Yep. So Gangleri said, where is the central or holy place of the gods? It is at the Ash Yggdrasil, where each day the gods hold their courts. So I guess Yggdrasil is an ash tree. Yeah. But this huge ash tree. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon, this huge ash tree. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> That's a huge ash tree. <laughs> That's cool. I'm going to tell it to my kids later on. Like... You heard of Yggdrasil? It's a huge it's- ash tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's too good. Okay, the ash is the. It, it wor- did you just make that up, or do you see yeah, that somewhere? I just <laughs> <laughs> what is there to tell about that place? Go ahead. <laughs> um, the ash is the largest and the best of all trees. Its branches spread themselves over all the world, and it stands over the sky. These roots support. Three roots support the tree. Of course, there can't be like this. There has to be three or like seven or 12, right? Yeah. Three roots support the tree. Um, and there they are spread very far apart. One is among the Azer. Azer. Uh, a second is among the frost giants where Ganunga Gap once was. The third reaches down to Nif- Niflheim. And under this root is the well... He- Hevergomer, but Nidhog <laughs> gnaws at this root from below. So Nidhog gnaws at that third root from below. See, so this tree kind of like is is this connecting force through all yeah all the universe. Yeah, and it and like. it's both and it's supported by the Ezer and also the, the Nephilim. Yeah, right? yeah, everything's part of it. And then there's there's and it's and it's currently being gnawed at from below, you know. So there's like some destruction going on as it's Nidhog, as it's uh, so it's always it's under it's kind of under attack, you know, or under change, or I don't know what the under the roots that under the root that goes to the frost giants is a the well of Mimir. This is that guy I was trying to think of. I was like, what is that guy? Anyway, yeah. the last one. Wisdom and intelligence are hidden there, and Mamir is the name of the well's owner. He is full of wisdom because he drinks from the well, or of the well from Jalhorn. Jalhorn. Yeah, or Yalhorn. Yalhorn, yeah. yeah, probably. Yalhorn. All Jeez. father went there and asked for one drink from the well, but he did not get this until he gave one of his eyes as a pledge. Mm-hmm. As it says in Sybil's prophecy, Odin, I know all where you hid the eye in that famous well of Mimir. Each morning, Mimir drinks mead from Valfather's pledge. Do you know now or what? I don't know. Hmm. So, okay, so there, the third root okay, of the ash is in heaven, and under that root. <laughs> is the very holy well called the Well of Erd. Okay, so this is... And there the gods have placed their judgment. Every day the Aesir ride up over Bifrost, which is also called 
Asbur, Asbur. or the Brit, the bridge of the Asir, and uh, they go there to do judgment. And then, oh, Ganglary down here asks, "Does fire burn in Bifrost?" Oh, yes, yes. And then we're gonna have a little education about colors here. Yeah, the high one replies, "The red you see in the rainbow is the burning fire. The frost giants." I don't know why Ganglary asked the question, "Does fire burn over by frost?" But uh, the red from the rainbow is the burning fire. The frost giants and the mountain giants would scale heaven if Bifrost could be traveled by all who wanted to do so. So you're saying it's a, you know kind of the good. It's a good bridge, man. Yeah, like the, the red part of it makes it so the frost giants and stuff can't go over it. Yeah, they melt. They are many beautiful places in heaven, and everything is divinely protected. A handsome hall stands there. Uh, stands under the ash beside the well. Okay, and then here's something about fate. Or... Out of this hall comes three maidens, and we love the number. We love three maidens, right? Mm-hmm. This is the. This must be the only. This must be the only uh, mythology that I've heard of three maidens that shape your life and yeah. stuff. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Out of this, uh, who are called Erd, uh, Ferdandi. And scold. See, and those those words mean they fate, trans- yeah. becoming, and obligation. These maidens shape men's lives. We call them the Norns. Yep, and there are yet more Norns, those who come to each person at birth to decide the length of one's life, and these are related to the gods. So, anyway. Well, but, so, they... they, they just like a Greek mythology, have a yeah these 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 women that kind of determine people's fates in their lives. Yeah, like these uh, what do they call them, like oracles, or and then you have um, but then we even and then of course we even have this in the we even have this in the Hermetic, the Hermetic philosophy, right? Fate. Yeah. Um, and fate, but in hermetic philosophy, it's fates by the planets and stuff, right? Yeah, you're right. Different planets you're born under, yeah. and I guess that'd be astrology. And then the, now there's the the Yggdrasil's always got like in danger, or there's always something gnawing at it. But yeah, what more of importance can be said about the ash? And then he's like. Well, he replied, there is much to be told. An eagle sits on oh, yeah, the branches this. of the ash, and it has knowledge of many things. Between its eyes sits the hawk called Vedolfiner. Okay, so there's this eagle sitting there. Yep. And but and then he's got, a, he's perched on the tree, and then there's a, a, a hawk. hawk perched between his eye, the eagle's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> the squirrel called Rat, Ratatosk uh, runs up and down the ash. He tells slanderous <laughs> gossip, provoking the eagle and Nidhogg, which if you remember, Nidhogg's the one gnawing at the roots. Four yeah, stags. So there's this squirrel running back and forth. and Between he's like, the roots and the top. You'll never believe what Nidhogg said about you. And then Austin he goes <laughs> down to Nidhogg. Hey, you'll never believe what the eagle or the hawk said. Four stags <laughs> called Dane, Devalin, Den- Denivar, and Dorothor move about in the branches of the ash, devouring the tree's foliage. In uh, Havrigomer, there are so many serpents with Nidhogg that no tongue can count them, as it says 
in the Lay of Grimnir. Yeah, read that. Then. The Ash Yggdrasil endures hardship more than men know. A stag bites from above, and its sides rot from below. Nidhogg gnaws. So you got this universe, universal tree that runs through everything, but it's it goes through a lot more than you even yeah, think about. There's like snakes. There's like snakes and Nidhogg. I don't know if Nidhogg is a serpent, but there's snakes and Nidhogg at the at the base. Mm-hmm. And then there's yeah, I think Nidhogg whole, is a, a snake. Whole heth- pl- a, a, a plethora of different creatures up the you know up the and you got this squirrel talking crap yeah running up and down the tree going getting getting both sides you know like slanderous gossip yeah pissing them off (laughs) that's not just like making trouble yeah like what he said that you tell him i'm gonna he said that your teeth are too they they, they're too inferior to continually gnaw what watch this And it is also said that those Norns who live beside Erd's well draw water every day from the spring and that they splash this mixed with the mud that lies besides the well over the ash so that its branches will not wither or decay. So there, there's also, there, here's the Norns and they're trying, trying to they're fighting. It, they're trying to keep it going. Yeah, they're like, yeah. they have to keep splashing mud and on it. Um so uh, the water is so sacred that all things which come into s- the spring becomes as white as a membrane called scalge, scalge, which scalge, scalge, skin, skin, which lies on the inside of an eggshell. Mm. So they're they're splashing this stuff. So they're it's like this. They're constantly working and you know like like to to keep things going and keep order. I guess. Yeah. And then this freaking squirrel comes up and he's like, Hey, hey man. He can the squirrel voice too. <laughs> he's just running back and forth and talking stuff. And then, you know, and then they have a thing on, on the origin of the wind. Uh, where does the wind come from? It, it is so strong that it whips the great oceans and stirs up fire, but as strong as it is, no one can see it. So wonders wondrously it is made and then high is like i can tell you at the far north end of heaven sits a giant named corpse sculper yeah that's i'm a not great gonna say name. his yeah but it, it translates to corpse sculper it's a great name he has the shape of an eagle and when he beats his wings to take flight the winds blow out from under them see yeah so that's where the winds that make, come that's from. that's where the winds come from makes a lot of sense summer and winter uh, why, gang Larry, so curious, why is there such a difference between the heat of the summer and the cold of the winter? Well, of course. I like his answer, though. He's He doesn't rebuke him too much. He no. kind of does, but... A wise man would not have asked, because everyone can answer this, but if you are a man of such little learning that you have not heard this before, then I would rather that you, in your ignorance, ask that ask than continue to be unaware of what ought to, to, what you ought to know. So he's kind of like, hey, well, most people know this, but I'm glad you at least aren't afraid to ask a simple question. Sure. Then, yeah. then you, that's the way you get out of ignorance. Yeah. And his answer is, uh, Svasud is the name of the father of summer. He is a man so content that from his name comes the expression, it is Voslit. 
Yep. Okay. I I've like that I've, I always say that one. Zvoslit. Referring to what is pleasant. The father of winter is alternately called Vindlani or Vinsfall. Wind, Wind chill. chill. He is a son of Vasad. Damn cold. These are a these are cruel and cold hearted kinsmen, and winter takes its nature from them. So there you go. Yeah, winter is all you know. Winter is like the. Uh, I like the Norse. I like the Norse. For first of all, several. I'll, I'll say this: several of the the mythologies that we've gone through over the fa- last few years all come from a region of the planet where they're win- they don't really have winter. Mm-hmm. Like the way that they, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So what's cool about this is like they these, the Norse mythology has a has a kind of a, not really a respect as like a high respect, but like a like a um, danger respect for the winter. You well, know, yeah, like, I think their hell is cold. Yeah, Niflheim's like a Niflheim's like a frozen like place. Mm-hmm. You know, so they understand what's what cold is. Where oh, yeah. like the this Egyptians mythology just like there's not really a reference to cold too much other than in like the Pomandries talking about the the the, the polarities of, of like temperature and stuff but yeah yeah there's not such a big because I mean they're like the sun in those regions and stuff it disappears for. You know, depending on the time of the year in the winter, you get yeah. a couple hours of sunlight. Exactly. At the far, at least the high north places. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, well, there there you go. There's the basic creation myth. That's a really, uh, this is really worth like, this is one that's worth uh, rereading a lot, right? After this, after the creation myth, it, we, the, the, um, the prose Ada just starts talking about the different uh, kind of, for lack of a better term, characters. In this. Yeah. A lot of them were mentioned already, but nothing was said about them. Mm-hmm. And then, as you mentioned earlier, eventually can, a few stories happen, and then we eventually get into uh, Ragnarok. Or, and specifically the event that causes Ragnarok to happen and stuff. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, and the, that's one thing is that like there's stories uh, throughout. Odin seeks the mead. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's a good one. Um, there. I didn't get that far, so. Well, no, I I heard I read that or listened to that one in the book by uh, Neil Gaiman. Oh, Gaiman. Okay. Okay, I didn't get that far now either. So, but uh, like there's story there's stories in here that will they actually end up some of the things that happen that the gods lose and stuff actually make it to where they're defeated in Ragnarok. Yeah. Yeah. There's a compensation that comes around. Yeah. And it's interesting. It's just interesting because, uh, the gods will, you know, sometimes they have to give up something to, to get something, you know, like Odin gives up his eye. Mm -hmm. Uh, one guy loses his right hand because he Uh, broke his word. Who's that? tear yeah the, it yeah, that was that's a good story too because mm-hmm. he's the one that you should be able to count on right? yeah tear was the one that you should be able to like he should he was the one that was like wouldn't lie but well i think it was it was he he had all intentions of 
letting the wolf go, but the other gods are like, ah, no. And we get that from the Sumerian myths too. Yeah. These different gods, they have different attributes. Yeah. And you have like, what was it in the, in the, um, in the, uh, Enuma Elish, you had, uh, was it, um, Enki is the one that like, he told Noah or he told, uh, he told the, I can't remember the guy's name. It's a crazy name. But he told them, like, hey, Atrahasis. we're going to... Atrahasis. He told them, like, hey, we're going to flood this. Yeah. But he was the one that had... He was the one that had control over the water. Yeah. Right? So, like... Well, he had to do... But he didn't... He had control over the water, but... He, he wasn't had, supposed to tell Atrahasis to, like... Yeah, he to, didn't tell him. He he spoke, was talking to the wall, remember? He talked to... He's that's like, right. I'm okay. not going to... Okay. I, 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 <laughs> that's right. I promise I wouldn't tell you... <laughs> I they said Just you like can't the- tell anybody, and then he's like, "I'm not going to." And he says, "And he says, I'm I'm going to talk to the house, though." Yeah, that's right. Grass I forgot, hut, I grass hut. I only remember that he told. <laughs> I remember. I remember that he told him. I forgot that he technically didn't tell him. He told the. Uh, you know, but- there's another myth with the world being made out of a god or a goddess. I can't remember. Really, there's, I'm sure there is. And I don't know. It might have. Actually, it might have been this sumerian creation and we never we didn't do the creation did we 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 never went over the creation no no we story. didn't we went, no we didn't the we gods s- instead of men we did the atrahasis and then we did the um enuma elish. Of- we did the epic of gilgamesh and then we did the enuma elish and the atrahasis yeah but anyway maybe that's the subject we'll go into my but, my kids are reading Epic of Gilgamesh right now for school. They are. So that's what I thought, kind of. And if you're listening, I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm a little bit bitter about this, and I'll correct it. So they they're like my, they've been Anne's been planning on it. They have all this. My, Anne has bought all these like uh, visual aids for the Gilgamesh story and stuff. I've been so excited. I'm hearing about how they're gonna be doing this big project on Gilgamesh. And then I'm looking through some of the content. About a week ago or so, I opened up the, some of the books they had. Looking through it, it watered it down completely, man. You don't have any. I was like, I was like, being, whoa, being tamed. Well, and even the things like um, the story of of um, Ishtar wanting Gilgamesh to like wed her. Yeah, you know, and Gilgamesh saying, and I know they made it for kids, kid friendly in a well, way. You yeah, you don't have to make it. But it it didn't. It wasn't like it wasn't like obscene. You know, it was a lot of like watered down, like Anki. Even in one of the stories, they were the Anki Anki do Anki do. Yeah, his very you know who who's awesome, right? Yeah, they they made him like a they turned Anki do into a lion that that is, travels with Gilgamesh. What? Yes. I'm like, wait a second, wait, whoa, whoa, and I'm like, I told Anne, like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna teach him the real story. You guys can keep these like these picture books and stuff, and that'll be fun for them. I can see the fun with Gilgamesh having like a pet lion called Enkidu. But like, there's a lot of value to learning that Enkidu was like this like manly, beastly forest guy. Yeah. Who was this very powerful man. So anyways, I don't know how that came up, but he was, he was a Gilgamesh's equal. Remember they're like snorting like bulls as they're, as they're wrestling (laughs) in this, in the street. Right. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, yeah. Cause, uh, I mean, I'm saying that this thing is that you don't have to be explicit when you say that that Gilgamesh was taking the the 
first take on the sure. brides. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, don't, you don't have to go into any more detail than that. You get the idea. Yeah. That he could, he got to kiss them before their husbands did. That's all you have to say. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you got the first kiss. <laughs> you don't even have to, you don't even technically have to say that too. You can just say like, Hey, they had this King and, and he wasn't doing the right thing. And, well, he was kind of like world, you know, and Enkidu kind of like turn him around a little bit, and he was stealing girl guys' wives, you know, yeah, like just taking whoever he wanted and kissing him whenever he wanted, yeah. So, um, and but Enki was like, "What? Uh, uh-uh, uh, not on my watch. That's not what Enki do. Mm-mm. <laughs> what would Enki do? I so, and that's the thing is, how am I supposed to teach my kids? Like, ask yourself, what would Enki do? Yeah, he stood up for what was right. When he when he found out about that, he's like, "I'm not putting up with that." Yeah, I love whenever he's just there in the street, and all of a sudden, Gilgamesh's like, "Hey, I'm going in." He's in front of the door of the lady yeah. that's supposed to be married, and he's yeah. like, "Not tonight, buddy." <laughs> he's like, "I'm the king," and he's like, "I'm every bit as strong as you. Let's do this." And they rumble in the streets. And they become fast friends after that. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, this is it for um, us. That was actually a better... St- I didn't think we were going to get that far. I think we- it's really well... Like like I'm saying, we we basically were read most of the... Yeah, us sticking, with the, us sticking with uh, what... You know what the question was, and then going to the answer was yeah. well, a good approach. I yeah. didn't think we we're gonna get that far. So, well, that's why I was just like, "This is the best way to do it." Instead of me just trying to write down like oh, this and that, and just like, I like what this we part do right is, here. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we just read it and discuss it, and then skip over more irrelevant parts. But anyway, um, so next we're gonna we're probably gonna be continuing on on the the uh, the Norse thing because we want to get to ragnarok yeah that's where it's all the fun's and at the, the cool thing is, is that in the just in the poetic Eda and the vulspa the first book mm-hmm. in here it has this lady's prophecy mm-hmm. and she has the beginning and the end they come together in the same story and it's only it's a short so you get to hear the you know, how the world is created and how the world's going to come to an end. Yeah. And that's what Ragnarok's all about. But there's a few little stories that maybe will be interesting to, maybe as we talk about Ragnarok, we can go, oh, and what happened here is this is, you know, before, I don't know. We'll figure it out. So uh, thanks for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Yeah. You know? I had a great time. Me too. Thank you. Yeah, it's cool to learn about all these different stories. And then you're like, wow, these actually kind of line up too. Yeah, some of these things are better than like what, you know, it's like, that's often what happens. I We read through it and it's like, this is, why don't more people know this? This is way better than like some of the crap that we talk about today, you know? Like mm-hmm. the story. Like these are like old stories. Yeah. You know? That are like this is this is like this is original and we didn't even mention J.R. Tolkien's inspiration from this. This is like original fantasy. 
Yeah. You know, it's just like this is what he got his yeah. ideas from. I mean, and like you name, like I remember reading the Lord of the Rings and he would get to the part where he'd name all these names. I was like, this sucks so bad. Yeah, but he, but then all of a sudden you, he was read. almost paying homage to this. No, he was. Yeah. That, that, yeah. Or no, he got his, all, most of his, I, he got his ideas yeah. from, from, he was huge into Nor, Nor, Norse myths and stuff. Yeah, what a nerd. Good old Tolkien. The original nerd. The original nerd with a pipe. If I ever, I tell you this, if I, if I ever, if I, if I, when I get an old man, I would be, I would be very surprised if I didn't have like an, if I didn't have a little dusty library and a pipe. That's the way to end it right there, man. <laughs> like an old library, yeah, like with some worn leather seat, you know, yeah. comfortable seat. Yeah. With like some Futhark script books and stuff and, and all the, and you have the epics of, epic of Gilgamesh on one, you know, have it all. That's yeah. the way to end your life. Yep, and smoking on a corn cob pipe. Sweet, sweet. Uh, what do they call it in Lord of the Rings? The oh, sweet leaf or yeah, no, not sweet leaf. That's sweet that's leaf marijuana. Sweet leaf. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I don't remember what they call it. Yeah, it's sar- in the I I don't I don't pay attention to Lord of the Rings as much, but I know in Lord of the Rings the movie there was one point where was it Saruman the White Wizard who went bad. He's like, you've been smoking too much of the, of the. Um, he does say that. Yeah, basically tra- saying Gandalf, Gandalf is losing it. Oh, okay. And you've been smoking too much of whatever. He know. says that. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Whatever happened to Saruman? He just kind of disappeared. On the last part of it. Didn't he die? I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember. That's the thing. What he gets stepped on by a tree or something. <laughs> the trees are all attacking. I think he dies. I think, uh, he, I, think I know, but he he seemed like he was going to be a bigger thing, and then they just kind of wrote him out. Yeah, maybe I don't know. The, I don't. I don't know that the story actually. Uh, if they follow the story in that one, if they took some liberties on that or not. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, we better get out of here. So we'll yeah, uh, we will be back soon. See you. Bye. <laughs>